So the three of us have spent upwards of, what, 120, 130 years of studying <laughs> Bowen family systems theory and trying to understand the human and its family. And the three of us are sitting here having heard and experienced over the last couple of weeks all kinds of family challenges from arrests to death to neighbors dying to um, problems in family members. So what's been the good of it is the question. Is the question. We've worked hard. I've worked. I'll no speak one for had myself. A heart attack. Well, I've worked hard to try and understand you myself and my own attack. family, but it's not been a guarantee that unusual things and often unpleasant things don't happen in a family. So I guess the question is, why bother? <laughs> if you don't want to have a heart attack, it's kind of a good idea to bother. <laughs> yeah. So what do you mean? What so does that mean? when the bad news rolls in and you pick up the phone and they say, oh, by the way, you know, blah, 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 just happened to your granddaughter or grandson or your dog dies, I mean, right. you know, that you've had for many years, the attachment to other people is so profound and that can create a heart attack when something bad, I think Bowen called it the emotional shock wave. You get a shock wave after an event, and then, you know, it's like a house of cards. They're all, all the dominoes go in one direction. But if you have some perspective, and I'm not saying it's more than a teeny tiny sliver of perspective about maybe that big, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a lot in order to stop the reactivity from getting worse. On. Yeah, I think it, I, the way it works for me is when I have an emotional state of mind and my one that I, that I am kind of rolling with right at the moment and kind of holding a little bit of a space outside of it is that I can't do anything right. I'm not doing what I could do. Why am I not? A lot of negative thinking mindset, which is a very familiar mindset to me, by the way. This is nothing new. And I think the, the only difference, the difference I think the years has done in kind of developing some ability to, to, you know, put a context to a state of being, to put a context to it. So, so that, that this state of mind, I think in fact it's somewhat even like through what I did with biofeedback, you know, that you know your body has a certain level of reactivity to it. And this is the, these are the things that your organism is in the middle of adapting to. Things are happening in your, the social group, which is really the definer of your individual reactivity. That was the way I think about it. So at a time like this for me, where I have a familiar mind state that long ago I would have lived as if it was so, that I couldn't do anything, that I wasn't. You know, I was pathetic. I quit. You know, any of the things that go into that negative kind of mindset. Lack of energy. Does, you know, I can't do it. All those things, I think, were what, you know, ran my life at a certain period of time. 
You know, and I think now it's more, you know, I can kind of joke about it, and we were joking earlier, I can kind of joke about it. It doesn't feel any better. It doesn't feel like, like the reality of things that are going on around me are still demanding. And, but I can see that they're demanding and they would be things that are worthy to react to. And correlate that with this state of mind that would be, uh, that I'd be inclined to just act on. <laughs> you know, sequester myself, kind of withdraw more all the things that are kind of a part of this. So I think that that's what I think is, and that's, I, I've needed every 41 of those years <laughs> to be able to be able to sit here and talk about it, <laughs> frankly, without kind of, <laughs> and not just being, you can just belly up and just you know, go home and take another nap or something. <laughs> it would be, I just don't want any more death. You know, I don't want any more changes. Just enough. It's enough. But there are going to be more. There are going to be more. And that's okay. Any other confessions? <laughs> We're all kind of sitting in the pot of soup. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think that the years have given me a way to not awfulize what I would have immediately gone to is, this is the worst thing that could happen. We'll never recover from this. The family is going down. I mean, it would have been the worst of the worst. And now, it just feels like it's a thing to relate to in the best way I can. I don't know what's the best way to do it yet. But I know that in a little bit of time, I'll know how to relate to it and all the people around this kind of uncomfortable situation. And it is true that I think there are any number of uncomfortable situations that are presenting them, themselves right now as I sit here in all relationships, in work, in family, in ex-family, in, in children and grandchildren. And I feel like, which, and this is maybe what all these years have given me, I might not know the answer yet, but it'll come if I just stay here. And if I pay attention, the answers will come. And I think that's what all these years have made it possible, that I, I can deal. Okay. Not right away, but eventually I'll be able to. So what have the years I given think, you? I think that's a good, the way you put it, you know, the um, just pay attention. Um, I do think strategy, so my, I don't wait as long, I don't think. <laughs> but I start playing with ideas and then, you know, talking like to my son about his daughter and seeing whether or not he can loosen up if I'm loose, you know, and then whatever it is, it doesn't matter what the X is, the little box that came unwanted to your front porch, and you open it and there, you know, the jack-in-the-box jumps out at you. But you get through these things. When you spent 40 years looking at what your life looked like, what did my life look like when I met Dr. Bowen in 1976, you know, 
one of the things that I, I think about is that why didn't God give me more common sense? You know, why didn't, you know, 1976, if I'd had more common sense, is, is Bowen theory just sort of a development of common sense? I read, I read this quote, um, common sense is so rare, it should be a superpower. <laughs> if you have common sense, you have a superpower, because <laughs> hardly anybody has any common sense about what can happen next. What can happen next? So because I like strategy, I think about that a lot. What can happen next if I can get the anxiety down? And then there are a hundred ways that I might think of to get the anxiety in me down, and then it should verberate with somebody else's anxiety that I'm talking to. My son is just happens to be just a call five minutes ago, so I'm fresh. And he was laughing toward the end. And it's a serious event. But why get more serious and make everybody more and more uptight, you know? And so that's how I think about it. What can I do to take the anxiety down, loosen up, get a little common sense? It's not the worst of all possible worlds here. You know, I think there's what I hear in both of yours, you know, and knowing you both for a long time, how there are patterns that are built into how you metabolize difficulties. And I, I think I was thinking about the differences in humans, and the three of us would be very different in that. And I, I, I was thinking my version, yours would be Andrea, kind of, you know, you get in and you kind of mess with it until you find yeah. your way through it or something. I think mine would be more, um, uh, it's, it's more of an internal um, reckoning, I guess I was thinking. So for example, right now, the feeling state I have right now is familiar. It was a more intense feeling state at an earlier period of time, but it's similar. So what is the, what is, what is the nature of that difference, you know, and to me, what I, how I think about it is, you know, the earlier state was as unreality-based as it is now. How was it unreality-based then? So just as an example, I happened to find a stack of letters from uh, 72, kind of an early <laughs> period of time. And I was really interested to read those letters. These were letters I had written to my parents. And it was interesting to read those letters because what I could see was capabilities that I know are mine, but I don't remember having them. I remember only experiencing those ten years later when I was introduced to Bowen theory. Mm -hmm. But I had them earlier, as you could wow. see based in those letters. Now to mm -hmm. me that's an example of kind of reorganizing your present feeling state yeah. to what is more of a reality-based understanding of who you are and, and how you can adjust, how you can be in your emotional state and adjust a reality to it, not just live in the, in the emotion, which I thought that was, to me, was a really useful, exagger, a really useful kind of count, counterpoint. That has made a difference in terms of even, you know, where I sit today.
this, since this is such a familiar state, to be able to know that this is that there's a reference point to it that is in me, that was there before I was introduced to Bowman theory, or before my mother died, or you know these things that are all pre-learning, <laughs> pre-learning, pre-Bowen pre theory, theory learning, <laughs> and, and my response would be to not think about the trouble because it would have felt just too hard to figure out, let alone develop a strategy. I don't know where I would get the energy cells to do that, but just to completely cut off my mind from even thinking about it because I, I can't do anything with it. And I think if you walk around in that state, I think you become more vulnerable to all kinds of other problems. If you are fearful of engaging in things that are troublesome, yeah. you're walking always around looking for the trouble and backing out the door. So at least with these series of events that have happened lately in the family, I feel like, well, I can listen to it. I can, you know, I can be a resource here. I don't quite have the strategy yet, and that's, it's almost like a part of my brain's missing. <laughs> when things get difficult, I can't get my creative juices, but I know that I could develop that, even at this time in my life. But I don't, that, when I perceive trouble, yeah. relationship, family trouble, I kind of figure Going to sleep is the best way to deal with it. <laughs> now I know that isn't, but I haven't figured out what to say when I'm awake yet. And that will be the next step in this process. Another 20, another 30 or 40 years ought to do it. What, what's to do getting it. developed in the 30 or 40 years? What part of your brain? Um, uh, so I, I referred to it as common sense. You know, we don't common sense, it's so hard because the emotional forces are so great and they push at you. And then, you know, like I can think about, oh, this is what I should have done. If only I had done this this morning, you know, things would have turned out differently. So you can do retrospective thinking, but does that really help you in the future to consider what what is it that, what is my overall goal? So I remember the first time when I heard Dr. Bowen speak, um, he was talking about alcoholism, and um, he basically said, look, if you want the short answer, go over there to AA, and <laughs> they, they have the short answer for you. And if you want to come over here, then this is lifelong learning. This is uh, learning to detwitch rats. And I could hear a gasp in the audience, like, detwitch rats? What is he talking about? Mm -hmm. Lifelong learning. Everybody was kind of cool with that. But the whole detwitching a rat was like, no, we can't be doing that. What's that? What does it mean that your brain thinks over what you would do if you were a rat? You know? Well, I had, I did neurofeedback this morning. Okay. And, um, you know, I've, I've been kind of reading a lot about the neurofeedback in the last couple days as they're kind of translating this new system. And um, I think when I look back, again, in this way in which people uh, 
conceptually, the way the neurofeedback operates is very similar to what you're talking about detwitching rats to me. And I think that what I experience um, with the neurofeedback as a tool in this developing more capacity, I would say, and capacity includes that ability to, to be in an emotional state and not take it as seriously. You know, and it doesn't go away, but you don't take it quite as seriously and it doesn't involve your physiology quite in the same way and it doesn't involve your, your long-term worry system in the same way. So I was thinking about, I think, one of the, one of the important kind of parallel conceptual, conceptually consistent and parallel methods to me that has been useful in developing this kind of increased capacity, not only with it, kind of within oneself, that is a, uh, it, it assists in reorganizing relationship reactivity. So, and has an impact on relationships in that way. Um, so I, I, I was thinking of that as, you know, when I look back on my experience with my dad a couple weeks ago as he's 98 and becoming more frail, still very much having a capacity, but, but having myself, having the ability to be that close up and not run away and not cry and not, you know, and really be interested and have fun with this aging pre-death time. I mean, it's stunning to me that, that, that well, that's possible, given 40 years ago of an early death of a mother, let's say. Something that was so disorienting that this, I, you would never think that this was possible. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess to me I was thinking about what do you, how do you get there? And again, with this kind of internal way of dealing with things, uh, to putting a relationship context around your internal experience, I think neurofeedback has been kind of a natural for me. Mm -hmm. in being able to uh, negotiate that. You know what I, I'm curious about? You haven't said anything about physical symptoms at all during this time that's been a challenge. Has, have they kind of, are you just not mentioning them or are they not happening? They're things I watch, but they're not, I wouldn't call them symptoms. They're things that are stiffness and, you know, I can feel it, but it's not at the level of being down with back pain or... No, it's true. It's not as... That's different. That would be different in the hospital with an asthma attack or Right. And <laughs> with the level of changes going on, that's not present anymore. That's something. It's a difference. That would be a difference, yeah. Well, is it that also when you're in a system and and you feel kind of the way you described it to me was um, you, there's something about being ill at ease that's going on. You're not quite sure what it is, but you're in a place. Like if, if I have a client who comes in and they're very depressed, I can feel that, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not personal. And then I'm trying to figure out with them what is it that created this state so that you know, people don't 
don't even have an awareness of the state they're in, like, but that it's transmitting all the time to other yeah. people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's, I think the hardest thing is to realize that an emotional state is contagious to other That's people. And that if you don't pick up on where the contagion is coming from, you know, you're, you're more and more vulnerable to it. So some people can um, manage to stay, let's call it, in the common sense arena. You know, uh, they don't get emotional. I'm, I'm thinking of my son-in-law is a very contained guy. And, you know, he works out a lot. He seems to find a way to get release that isn't in the relationships. But the younger kids, the children, quote-unquote, seem like they're more vulnerable to the anxiety in the system. And they, they express it more than the adults do. So you have this, mm -hmm. this other problem where <clears throat> what the adults are dealing with gets expressed in the kids. And then how do you take that back? I mean, if you're part of that so there, there are two things. One is that you unconsciously pick up stuff from other people and express it. And then the other problem is that you leak some out and express it. And other people get caught with it and you don't even know that's happening. You know, either way. So this whole detwitching yourself and you're detwitching the other people who are important to you so they can think better. Man, I'm, I'm sort of a failure at it today, <laughs> tell the truth. Yeah. I think you're, you're saying something really interesting. <laughs> three failures. Just three couch. failures on the couch. That's the name of this tape. <laughs> oh, my. I, I can say I don't really enjoy being a failure. <laughs> I, I, I don't like learning like this. It's familiar. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. It's come my way, and I'm going to have to deal with it. So.